0: Lock, radio. Radio. This is all about wine, about wine. a talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron.
1: Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast. At around and around the world. You know, we have some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that.
0: Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwine.com Again, at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwine.com All About Wine
1: is on. Here's... <laughs> hey. Thank you, bus people. They got to Got to keep moving. A little chill in the air here in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I know, bus people. I, I know. It's a,
0: yeah, that's a pretty good. Yeah. We still on? Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're still pretty, here.
0: Good, uh, Yesterday and today, or this morning. Um, yeah. Down into the 40s.
1: Mm. Ooh, it's Not right. A, and, you know, I, I got to see you something funny, about... My wife got me a Christmas present of an Echo. So we got Alexis in our oh, house yeah. now, too. Yeah. So the, well, yesterday morning. Amazing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. She, she She's a comfort at times. But yesterday morning, I got up and I said, Alexis, what's the temperature going to be today? And she goes, the temperature today should be in the mid 60s i said wow alexis that's cold and she said yes it is ron (laughs) that cracked me up that's
0: good
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah alexis understands that 60 degrees is cold so
0: (laughs) yeah but very cool
1: yeah Um, i thought so so we get it although she doesn't hear me part of the time i've been asking her questions and there's no response, I don't know what it takes all that, but uh she's not always responding. had to turn her off and turn her back on so
0: yeah. but
1: yeah, I don't know. we'll figure it out eventually, find out what's going on. Welcome to all about Wine.
0: i have been listening to you all the time that's, uh, that's another thing yeah um so sometimes those things uh they scare me when they're constantly listening listening Um they do, we still do don't them. have Facebook. We I don't. Log back in and you know, still don't have Facebook, but we have uh, YouTube and um, Blog Talk Radio and, of course, Mob Crush. I don't know if anybody listens on Mob Crush, but uh, I don't. Might don't to, have a, uh
1: a, a hmm. counter or anything yeah. for Mob Crush. So, maybe. You know.
0: hmm. oh, wait. Oh, did I just hit the go live button again? Come on. Why did I do that? This isn't our first day. <sighs> I might have just disconnected. Anyway.
1: <laughs> you're still here, though.
0: So. I was trying to open up the chat, and I accidentally hit the uh, go live button. Well, it's still streaming, so I'm not going to worry about it. Anyway, yeah. welcome to the show, and here's Ron.
1: Hey, welcome to hey. the show. It is two days before Christmas, a uh, Christian celebration holiday. If you're of other faiths who are listening to us, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, if you're of other faiths mm-hmm. listening to us, and uh, there's a lot of... Uh, celebratory days around this time of year for just about everybody it seems, so if you are of another faith and you have a holiday coming up, then happy whatever holiday that happens to be and uh but you know the Christmas is a pretty big one so mm-hmm. um, in in the United States anyway, and most of the world so uh two days for christmas and uh then uh next week we end the year and going to 2022. Oh my gosh, already 2022. Yeah. So, no guests tonight or next week, but I am going to try to catch up on some stuff that I have been wanting to talk to you about over the last, you know, two or three weeks, which we've had guests, and so I haven't had the opportunity, but this will give me a chance to pass on some stuff. Before I forget it, our guest last week was Jeff from undergroundcellar.com. Uh, that's Underground Seller with a C, Seller no S dot com. Uh, tune in last week's show if you get an opportunity. Tune in last week's show. They sell wine, but they have a different type of format of selling wine. You buy a bottle of wine at say. and they upgrade it to, they don't tell you, but it's going to be upgraded to something better. They basically deal in Cabernet Sauvignon, and that's about most of them. I was looking on their website, and that's about most of them. But when they upgrade you, they upgrade you into something that is worth more. They don't ship it to you. When you get a case, you can get a case shipped for free. Oh, I heard a bing. Did you connect to Facebook. Uh, they mm, uh not yet. Really? No, oh, I hmm. heard it being... Um, they uh ship for free once you get a case, but they store it in their warehouse and all that. They are located in California. But the reason I'm telling you that and if you missed the show and if you haven't listened to it yet or if uh, you had are curious, he is giving anyone who orders and uses the promo code All About Wine when they check out, you get an automatic $100 off your order of $150 or more. So that's a good deal. Let me tell you, that really is. I was looking at uh, some of the promos they have. I, I signed up for the site and I get emails coming in on it. And most of the discounts they give are $50. That's the biggest. And so $100 for the promo all about wine is really a great discount so if you are in the market to get yourself some cabs and start visiting the site now is the time to pick it up $100 off $150 or more order and uh, free shipping once you get a case so you don't have to worry about that but check out the site and uh, if you were so inclined then You've got yourself a good thing. Now, that's only good until the end of the year, which will be a week from tomorrow. So, if you're going to do it, do it. And uh, so, we've had some good guests on this past year. Uh, some new ones we've had. We visited with some old ones again, uh, which is always fun. Some of the old ones we're going to be visiting again and some of the new ones will be visiting us again also. So it's always fun to have people back and we will be doing that again in 2022, getting some people back to visit us a second time, Jim Laughlin, who's been on a couple of, Jim's starting to become a a pretty good regular. He's been on three times already and he's going to be back. He's in the middle of a book right now and he's going to be back next year with his book. So to tell us more about it. So, uh Jim's, uh, Jim's becoming a regular guest. And then we've got oh, Joy Neighbors, which is always fun and enjoyable to have on. I'm sure we can get her on in October again, which is, oh, no, we're going to get her before then because she's writing yet another book herself. And so we'll have her on before October when she gets her book done. Where's
0: your book? Where's, What's where's that?
1: Book? My book? Where's your book? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, for years, <laughs> for years I've been I, I've kicked around writing different books. I I really have, and then I realized mm-hmm. I'm not a writer. I I really, and it's not that I can't compose a book. And I can't write. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm not a writer. I'm not one who sets down and writes or types or something like that. I just never have been that. I. And I had an idea for, I worked as a photographer for many years, many years of my life, off and on, I worked as a photographer. And I've done, oh, I don't know, 3,600 weddings in my life. I, have as a photographer, I've done a whole bunch of different weddings and all that. And so many stories that happen in weddings, so many things that you just shake your head and that are, some are funny and some are uh, not and all that, but I've always been tempted to sit down and write a book about some of the things that happen in weddings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, start as a photographer, we start at the bride's house, and then we go to the church and take pictures there, and, you know, ceremony after the ceremony, and then go to the reception, or go to a park and take pictures of the park, and then go to the reception, and then uh, pictures at the reception of the cake, and the garden bouquet, and people dancing, and first dances and all that stuff and you know and it's a progression and i'm was thinking putting the book together in that progression telling stories about each step of the way and all that and there there's a lot of stories and i can get a hold of different people that have worked in the business and have them tell me a few stories too and all but i'm just not a writer i and i'm sure the book would be a hit because brides would love it and you know People in the business, but I just—I'm not a writer, and so to answer your question, where's my book? It's probably never going to happen because I just don't write, you know. So,
0: Hmm. yeah, Uh, yeah. Which is put your thoughts down on paper and have them have them published? Oh, wow!
1: Yeah, you could be on
0: all about wine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right i can gonna be a guest <laughs> yeah uh even at the at the winery some of the stories from there too you know i mean you know this is there's always stories there's always stories you can tell but yeah i just just never never have hmm. been a writer well,
0: you, uh, I, when you were when you were a photographer were you uh strictly film or did you ever get into uh, digital photography
1: I was film. I was old school. I, okay. uh, in fact, I oh, got 30. out of it when uh, the studio I was working at was doing some digital. They started to do digital, mm-hmm. and I was still doing films. And I, I would do films, and then, you know, they said we need to get you trained on digital. And I said, yeah, okay. And I never did. And then the owner of the studio uh, ended up dying, and so the studio you know it was liquidated his his wife his widow liquidated nine yeah i you know, never did do any weddings on digital but uh i you know and yeah. i know this isn't about wine but i always like a camera that a, a film camera because i i like that instantaneous picture and digital now is almost to that point where it's instantaneous but early digital cameras you'd point the camera at something you hit the shutter and there would be that almost a second or more delay before it would take the picture and yeah. that's you know and w- when i we first started doing digital that's what would happen and i would hate that because when something's happening like on the dance floor or between people or stuff like that, you grab the camera, you point at him, you hit your shutter, there's the picture. You've captured it. But with digital, you pick it up, you point the camera at it, you hit the shutter, they turn around, they walk away, and you've got an empty wall. And I just, I, I never did like that little delay. So I always, yeah. always was a film photographer, and I, I cried when uh, Kodachrome... Was stopped being made because it was one of the best films ever made, and I cried yeah. when they stopped that. And then, uh, uh, but I used to use a 645 format, uh, six four five format, six millimeter by 4.5 okay. millimeter by four point five millimeter film. So it was a bigger format film. But I just uh, never got into digital on on uh, on weddings and all that. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, okay. but you yeah, know, I've still got all my equipment too. I really should sell everything because I, I have pictures anymore, and I really should. I mean, with eBay available now and all that stuff, I should just put it all up on eBay and see if I can sell anything. If anybody out there wants to be a mm. photographer with with still photography and or with uh, film photography, you know, email me. I've got a whole bunch.
0: Yeah, yeah you know, there's collectors there's out there, might out be there. Yeah, there's a lot Just of people out that still
1: like that film. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. it's it's not completely dead. There's a lot of film photographers out there. But those yeah, who, who go digital say, Oh, it's the only way to go You know, you get instant pictures. But well, people who do digital like to be able to take a picture of something, turn around short to the people and say do you like this picture and they go no look at the funny look on my face and boom they do another one how about this yeah that's great you know and so uh, with film yeah. you you take a couple of pictures and hope that both of them are okay or at least one and uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's,
0: you gotta wait till it's the you
1: know yeah you, to know, you develop it own. and all that i remember there's been a couple yep. times when i when i've had incidents at a wedding and as soon as the wedding was over i'd run back to the studio and crank up the developing tank and get it all set i'd run the film through just to look at it to be sure it was okay and oh oh good i got that you know but uh with digital Mm. there's there's never that problem it's it's all right there oh Mm. welcome to all about wine Yes. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I was just grabbing my camera stuff and saying, oh, "Let's, let's yeah. talk about yeah,
1: lenses coming about... up
0: in just a little bit." Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. What is an f-stop? Okay. Yeah. Um, f-stop. F-stop. I you mentioned Cap too, um kaplowitz who is was one of our guests this past year. I'm still with a group uh with them, and I. have been on his show, he's recorded, and I've been on his show a couple of times. They're cigar guys; they are all are cigar guys. Every there's like seven of us in a group, and uh in fact, I uh, on a sad note, one of the guys, Frank, just passed away last Sunday. He had been he had been involved with cigars for years and uh written articles for many cigar magazines, and had, was actually yeah. in in broadcast and worked for different uh TV stations uh around the country a couple of different ones and has some awards um uh, mass media awards and all that so very nice guy i had a chance to see him in the in the chat rooms that we did and a very nice guy i i really enjoyed talking with him and all that never realized how much of a history he had? He was only seventy-one. Uh, I thought he was seventy-three, seventy-one years old. Uh, got cancer, mm. and it went through him quickly. Within like three weeks, um, he oh was diagnosed. Gosh. Yeah, it was it was yeah. sad, but um, enjoy mm. the man. But <sighs> the cigar group, I've learned a lot there. So I told him, I said, I'm going to start writing a blog about cigars. And they go, don't do that. And I said, no, really. I said, you guys are so experienced, and you're always talking about stuff. I said, and I've learned all sorts of stuff from you because I am so uneducated, and you've taught me Cigar 101. I said, and so many people out there need that knowledge, Cigar 101. I said, so I'm going to write a cigar block. And they all laughed at me. And then Cap emailed me and said, if you want to do it, I'll give you some help. And so I don't know. I might might consider that more. If I do do that, I'll let y'all know about it. But it's it's in the very 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 entry level stage right now. So, but if it does come about, I'll oh. keep everyone informed.
0: Doesn't doesn't uh, Cap on his website already have a uh, sort of a blog of the shows and things that he discusses the cigars on it, or is that <laughs> uh, something else? I'm thinking. No, you're I'm really thinking right.
1: right. He, he really okay. he, he does a lot. In fact, all the guys that are in the in the group I'm with are all r- very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. There's three of them, three or four of them, that write blogs, uh, cigar blogs, and yeah. uh, you know it's just you know they they all are really quite knowledgeable. And they start talking cigars, and I'm completely lost. I mean, you know, I just they talk about different brands and stuff like that. And, you know, this one only costs $25. And I go, only? You realize how good of a bottle of wine you can get for $25? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, then as one of them pointed out, a cigar is going to last as long as a bottle of wine once you open it. And I go, well, yeah, that's that's true. You know, it, you'll get through that wow. bottle of wine just just about the same speed as you smoke a cigar. So, but... Uh, <laughs> I've never
0: walked past, I never walked past a room where people are hanging around and go, "Oh, wow, they're drinking wine over there." But yeah. If you light a cigar in a room, people to walk by and go, "Oops. <laughs> Where's that coming from?" Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I, know. <laughs> I know. It's very nice. <laughs> but it's funny uh, during during the talk session that we do every Wednesday evening we do it. And it. People are from all over the country. We've you know Cap Lives in Oregon and one guy is from Pennsylvania and other guys from South Carolina and, and another guy is from New York I want to say I think New York. But uh, uh, we got I think one of them might be from Texas. We got people from all over the country. And when we get on and start talking we all have a cigar. But everybody's either in their garage or in their car or on their porch or something. <laughs> Nobody's smoking in their house. So I just thought that was funny, you know, that nobody smokes in their house. Everybody, Everybody's outside or away from the house, on that. So it's usually the wife, don't smoke that thing in here, you know. So Yeah. I don't know yeah.
0: So, but
1: if I if I do pursue a cigar blog, like I say, I'm not much of a writer, so it will be it will be something for me. But maybe maybe something I need to do to get my discipline down. You know, and then that way I can maybe go from there. But yeah, uh, to answer your question before we got carried off into something else, Cap does do cigar blogs, and he reviews cigars and he posts them on his site and he does it uh, at least one review a week, at, at least. I'm, I'm not sure. He may even do more. But uh, he uh, he reviews them as do uh, much of the other guys in the group and all that. I asked him if I want to learn about cigars or, you know, sites. And they said, just go to YouTube and type in cigar blogs. And he said, and you'll get a list of them more than, you know. So, uh yeah, know yeah, i would just be another one on that list if i did it so i don't know well absolutely but Cap has won yeah. awards though he's usually he's up there at number one on most of the list of cigar blogs to listen to and stuff like that so he is you know mm. well regarded and, and well known so that's that's a good thing so but, you know be, it, could,
0: it, it could be it could be a different perspective coming from you you know you got uh these people who have sm- been smoking cigars for many years and you're kind of coming up, you know, getting your knowledge from, from your, your, uh, uh, your relation with uh capital and, and his, his group. And so the, pers- you know, the perspective coming from you may be different than what they would get from somebody else. So there's always that and, you know, hey, try it.
1: That's exactly what I'm looking at. What you know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm a beginner too. Like he, he sent me. We exchanged a few uh, texts back and forth, a few messages, and he said, "There will be a time when you're going to have to distance yourself from your your followers because you're going to have to be able to lead them and show that you have the knowledge," which is true. I understand that, but we're all right there at the beginning right now. I mean, you know, simple things like ring size and and the length and uh, you know, uh, little things like how to snip the end of the cigar. I mean, I was cutting mine too much. Uh, you only need to do just a little bit. And I never realized that. I, I was always cutting it too much. When I showed him, you know, about a month ago, I said, this is how much I'm cutting the top off. Is that right? And all of them went, oh, my gosh, no, no. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea. Nobody ever told me. And so, uh Yeah, so these are things that I'm looking at on the on the blog. So, and same thing with my humidor. I my humidor was too too humidoring, too uh, high. I was had the uh, Hmm. uh, the uh, uh, moisture up way too high, and they started joke with me. About the fact that what you have to wring out your cigar before you lit it, and you know, I'm surprised it would even <laughs> <look> light with <laughs> with all the moisture in it and all that. And I had no idea; nobody ever told me. You know, I always thought the humidity was supposed to be up high, and they said no; these mm-hmm. things should be down in, in the 60s. You know, I, I always thought it was higher Very than enough. that. Yeah, dry you know, <clears throat> your cigar. Out. So you know, I mean these these are things that I think people just don't know. And whenever you read these cigar blogs and stuff, they'll review a cigar, they'll review uh, a, a group of cigars, or they'll talk about a manufacturer or something, but they don't tell you just some basics, and that's what I'm looking at. These are basic cigars, and not everybody's going to go out mm-hmm. and spend $20, $25 for a smoke. They're going to try to stay down cheap below 10 if not below that. And... Uh, yeah. You
0: know, it's, it's similar to wine. It's similar to wine yeah. in that case. If you've never, never knew about wine or or anything, and you haven't listened to the show for any length of time, you don't want to start with that fifty dollar bottle, and um, so you, you're going to go to Walmart. You're going to just pick something up and go, oh, this is nine ninety nine. I'll try that,
1: and, and then you're going to so it's good. You, yeah. You know,
0: yes. Because yeah. you don't know. Well, you yeah. don't
1: know what to look for. You know? And yeah. and, and, if, and you're absolutely right.
0: I'm thinking, I'm thinking Cap would probably tell you that a, I, I don't know if this has been covered or not, but he could probably tell you that there is a difference between a, you know, a 99 cent cigar or a $25 cigar, just like there is a oh, wine. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, oh yeah.
0: I don't know. I,
1: yeah, uh, there, there is. There, there, just, you, you, know, you, you pay for quality, you know, and that's just, you know, yeah. and, and it comes on to cigars. And it's the same thing, you know, I when I mentioned in the show last night that I'm thinking about a blog, and one of the guys says, okay, did, I, I was smoking a an A.J. Fernandez uh, nightcap, I think it was. And they said, okay, describe the cigar to me. And I'm going, okay, I'm, you know, and I described the size and all that. And they said, no, no, what are you tasting? And then it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I never... But it's the same as wine. You look at little subtle things and all that. So, so yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I might do a, a blog on that and see if I can't share some of my knowledge with other people who have lack of knowledge. And and I think people yeah. will enjoy, enjoy it more if they know really what what to look for and the different types. I mean, there's things like Connecticut wrappers and you know, endurance cigars and there's all sorts of stuff oh. that are just basics that make a difference and so, so, um, okay. but first of That's the cool. year I will make a decision if I'm going to do that or not and if I do then I will immediately share it with my all about wine peeps and let you all know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, good. Yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, and yeah, maybe it, well, you, know, um, you want to spend some more time with me on on another show. Maybe we can even do a a blog talk radio segment uh, <laughs> like instead of for an hour, because <laughs> I wouldn't have an hour to talk about something. But maybe a half hour segment once a week or something. So, so
0: well, our half hour is. Our half hour is done for tonight. We'll see you all next yeah, week. Uh, <laughs> that's
1: it. Well, and I might be able to talk about wine on that show and cigars on this and, you know, across the, I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> but it's just, you know, something yeah. to look at for 2022 here. You know, it's something, mm-hmm. something that we've been doing this. Now, 2022 will be our 13th mm-hmm. anniversary doing this show. So maybe wow. a little diversification might might. And behoove yeah. us. You know, anybody out there thinks I'm, you know, blowing it out the rear? Then let me know. I mean, if you don't think it's a good idea or something, then I will be happy to listen to people. I don't know. It's just something I'm, I'm just kicking around, just because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm talking to these guys weekly and. You know, I'm learning a lot of stuff and I'm thinking, you know, most people don't know these things. So that's why I'm doing it. But anybody out there have strong feelings one way or the other that think I should just, you know, butt out of the cigar thing or uh, if I should do it or something, you know, drop me, you know, a connection on Facebook or drop me an email, you know, allaboutwine101.com. Yeah. And uh, I'll... uh, I appreciate any comments that you might have so all right let's let's talk about wine a little bit here uh we've used the first half our talking about cigars and photography now we can talk about wine mike and i were talking before the show uh, about holiday wine holidays uh, and not really holidays but celebration days uh you know like national drink wine day and and national cab day and all that. There's all these different holidays and all these different things and there's different months designated throughout the year and I've got a calendar here I will share at the beginning of each month what is that month I'm probably remind you throughout the month and certain holidays wine holidays come up throughout the month I will remind you of those so you can imbibe in the proper wine on the proper day and all. But I opened up my calendar to give you a preview of what was coming up the first of the year and I realized that January was empty. There's, there's no holidays, no celebratory month, there's no holidays, wine holidays or anything. So I started to look on different sites and there was none on any site at all. Found this one site, what is this? This is the Wine Dream. Uh, dot Wine. Ooh, they even got a Dot Wine as their thing. You can get that now. You all know that. Um, but it said January. Quote, sadly, no wines to celebrate other than the leftovers from Christmas and New Year's Eve. So no January. I, I it's, To me, that just seems unbelievable that they would not have a celebration for something in January. Excuse me. So I will continue to look and see if I can't maybe celebration of an obscure grape or, I don't know, uh, an old holiday that has been forgotten, I, I will search because it seems to me like there really has to be at least one holiday in January. Uh, although next Friday, we'll talk about the champagne night, the big one of the year, although you should be drinking champagne all year long. I've said that over and over again. Okay, so, so much for that. Uh, remember when I used to tell you uh, what foods to pair with throughout the week? Uh, I used to get this in a magazine, and they used to give me a little calendar of of uh, food days. And for some reason, I stopped getting the magazine. And I wrote them, and I said, hey, I'd like to get this magazine. Uh, you know, Can you continue? I never heard from him, never heard from him. I'm getting it. A week ago, they sent me the December issue, and then today I received the January issue. And sure enough, there was those pages on there with the different holidays and different things coming up. So I was thrilled about that because now I can pass on to you different things that you can celebrate throughout the year and open a bottle of wine for each one which as if we really need an excuse to open a bottle of wine but this gives you even more of an, even more of an excuse if you will so that uh, I'll, that starts January the well actually next week because January starts Saturday week from this Saturday so that will start next week I'll start telling you the holidays coming up A wine company, Pelé, P-E-L-E-E, Pelé Island Winery, has a line of wines called Lola, L-O-L-A, Lola. And they are all in the aluminum bottle format. They're small, the 250 milliliter, but they're all in the aluminum bottle. And they're all pretty decorated with flowers. Each one has a different flower, and each one has a different... Uh, color scheme on it some of them are black and let's see what is that the uh, one that doesn't say oh secco is in the black Cabernet Sauvignon Cabernet Franc blend is in the white Pinot Grigio is in the pretty light blue and sparkling roses uh, in a back, black with red roses they are all is, uh, Lola. It's out of Canada. The wine itself is uh, Canadian, Ontario. But the key to it is that they are actually aluminum bottles. And it's interesting because I've been hearing for a long time that they're talking about doing aluminum bottles, and this company has really actually jumped in and is doing it. Uh, they are on the... I could say the 250-milliliter uh, bottles. Uh, one exception is uh, the 250-milliliter slim can format for its blush sparkling rosé. And that's uh, a little bit different shape. But they are available. Uh, Trivium packaging has printed uh, all... S- all these bottles and uh, they are out there. So it's uh let's see uh Clay Island Winery offers this Lola Line and the 250 milliliter aluminum on its website for $65.40 for a variety pack of twelve or single bottles are five forty five a piece. And if they are coming out of Canada, then the shipping costs and all that to get it across the border is going to end up being almost as much as a 12-pack anyway. So, see if you can't find them at your local wine shop and if, or if they can get them in there. That would be cool, though. They're basically single-serves, and it's a screw cap. So you can take them to the beach with you or you can take them to places that do not allow glass bottles, which is a cool thing on that. So it's uh, again, Pelé, P-E-L-E-E, Island Winery. It's uh, southern island, largest island in Lake Erie, and it's at the southernmost inhabited point of the country of Canada. So there you go. Uh, let me get out of this screen here because this is not what I want. Okay, that is. This is something that I saw. And this is actually an article, a piece of paper I, I found here that I was well, I thought it was interesting. I'm going to pass it on to you. Actually, I'm going to read it, which it's easier for me to read this than it is to try to paraphrase it because I'll lose something. But these are master sommelier wine tips. These were asked of two master sommeliers. This came out of uh, my newspaper here, the Saint Petersburg or the Tampa. Times is what it is, the St. Pete Tampa Times. I don't know what date because well, it's the article is basically it need a date on it. So these are things that these two sommeliers point out. These are Master Sommelier wine tips. Start with legs are fun to look at, but that's about it. They say, when the wine sticks to the glass, it's just a science. Oil evaporates faster than water, McNamara says, and alcohol acts like oil and prevents the water from coming together. So as the alcohol evaporates, the water comes together and runs down the side of the glass. It doesn't really tell you anything. Except if it's a red wine, because if you've got a really big, heavy, deep red wine, it'll often stain the glass, and you'll see color and depth of saturation that way. And, and that's true, but it also, if it's a higher alcohol level, you're going to get more legs. And that's what I used to always tell people. Legs don't mean much, except if you have high alcohol levels. And the high alcohol levels tend to give you more legs, simply because, again, it's, it's the water evaporating from the alcohol. Next one. Speaking of color, it can indicate taste and quality. McNamara says, quote, the first thing I do is look at the color. I want to see how bright it is. I tend to put my hand behind it and use my wedding ring or a watch and see if I can see through it. I'm colorblind, but it doesn't mean I can't see colors. I'm trying to see how dark it is to see if anything's wrong with it. And he said he decided the wine we were drinking looks nice and clean. It's bright. It's reflectively reflecting really well. Um, yeah, being colorblind, trying to look at the wine, I think does make a difference. I have to disagree with him on that statement. But I always look down through the glass myself. Look at the top of it, and look at my fingers down at the through the through the uh, wine from the top of the glass. If I can see my fingers very well, outlines and everything, usually means a lighter line. Uh If it's dark enough, to, the color's dark enough and it obscures your fingers a little bit, then, you know, that's usually a good thing. They say, now swirl. Quote again, the geeky term is volatilizing the esters. As mentioned, the alcohol evaporates, and when you swirl it, you give a greater surface area to allow the alcohol to evaporate. But attached to the alcohol are little flavor molecules and smells, which actually should be said aromas because smells what your nose does and aromas what your thing. When you swirl, you're allowing more of that to go into your glass. And the reason we have these curved glasses is to capture that aroma. We always say to smell like a dog, which is in really short, clean sniffs, because you get more. Well, i never, never done that. That might be an interesting thing. I'll have to try that. This is a hint that I tell people all the time. Put your hand over the glass, then swirl again. Now instead of that alcohol going out into the world, he says, it's staying in the glass and when you stick your nose in it's even more intense. The aroma is, yes. I, I tell people, you know, if you wanna if you're not picking up stuff, put your hand over the glass, swirl it with your hand over it and then just move your hand a little bit and smell it that way while all the aroma's captured inside and it really does give you a much better example of what you are picking up in that wine as opposed to letting a lot of it fly out of the glass so it's it's a good trick trick to do next he says smell for clues how intense is it is it really floral is there something that really sticks out in it and then I'm looking for fruit and this is where people tend to get tripped up because we spend all of our lives going to school, and in none of that do we ever learn, or are we ever taught how to use our nose and our mouth to identify things? This is part of what makes wine so intimidating: is that we think we should be, um, oh, we think we should be amazing at it because we've been eating and drinking our entire lives. But it doesn't work that way you have to practice at it and that's what's really hard I'm trying to search out what the dominant things are so things like peaches and there are a lot of peaches coming through on this one I'm drinking and lime so there you go and, and that's true that's so true that you have we've never been taught to actually look at stuff with our nose and mouth. We always look at stuff with our eyes, but our nose and mouth can tell us so much more about it than just our eyes. And so that's why wine tends to become intimidating because you're using a couple of other senses that we are not trained in. And if you start using those, then it's going to be so much easier to pick up different things in the wines and so much easier to pick up different little nuances that you would otherwise not notice. He goes on, say weird things. Now this is is for laugh, I think. It says, I tend to say things that are a bit out there because I want to make them laugh. Okay, there you go, McNamara says that. We'll be drinking Roja and I'll say, doesn't it taste like you're riding a horse on a hot, dusty day and all of a sudden you decide you want to bite the horse's mane? Oh, wait, but that's exactly what it tastes like. It's amazing the power that visualization can give you. I used to do this in the class when I taught classes. I used to do this. i tell people to close your eyes and swirl the wine, smell it, and then think of a big, lush field where there are flowers growing up and you're walking through the field and you're picking up this aroma of clover that's coming out. I said, now smell the wine. Or you're picking up clover, and everybody picks up clover. There's no clover. There's no clover smell in the wine, but everybody picks up clover. That's how power suggestion works when you start doing stuff like that. So, uh, it, it, and it happens so often, especially people who are not comfortable with describing what they think the wine smells like or tastes like, then they tend to follow other people's leads. And that's not a good thing. You are your own individual person and you know your own smell and you know your own taste, so follow those. If I make a suggestion that this has hints of, well, let's use his example here. Uh, what do you say? Uh, clover. If, if I make a suggestion that this wine has a smell of clover in it and you don't get the clover, that's okay for you not to get the clover. If you pick up something else, say you pick up uh, hibiscus, if I don't pick up hibiscus, that doesn't mean you're wrong. That just means that that's what you're getting. And so whenever it comes to tasting wines and you're doing wine tastings, and this is the holiday season. I'm sure you've been to parties and you'll probably go to more parties next week for New Year's. You're not wrong in what you're tasting and smelling. That is your taste and smell. It may be subtle. It may be something that other people don't get, and that's okay that's completely all right if they don't get it and that's a completely all right if you don't get what they're saying it's just your what you're used to i've always said also and this applies here if you have never smelled something and somebody suggests that this is what this smells like you're not going to be able to get it because you've never smelled it you don't you cannot relate to that smell so therefore, it's not going to pop up in your head. It's not going to, I'm going to ring a bell. So, and you can refer to obscure smells all day long. I mean, this smelled like my grandmother's bathroom after she cleaned it and put up that little smelly thing. Wonderful. It may smell like that, but nobody else is going to understand what that smell is because nobody else has been in your grandmother's bathroom after she's cleaned it and put up that little smelly thing. So, you know, it's okay to, you know, if you if that's what you're smelling, that's great and wonderful, but don't expect anyone else to. And if you have not smelled something and somebody suggests this is what it smells like, then you're not going to understand that either. Uh, so be true to your own aromas. Be true to your own taste true to your own self and what you know if you don't pick it up if you don't know it don't beat yourself up over it that's you that's okay that's fine all right it says it's fine if you don't get it well then he says on the next one here i think people are a little too caught up with exactly trying to be correct instead of just having fun and there you go wine's fun no needs no reason to beat yourself up on it then he says, expensive does not always equal better. Girl says, quote, drink what you like. It's a personal experience, and it's about experimenting with different types of grapes and different regions and having an understanding for your preferences. And that's it. You know, if you ha- like California Cabernets, then drink California Cabernets. Don't stay with one type all the time, but try different ones, and you'd be surprised some of them you may like, some of you may not. And then the last one here says, a finicky child might be a future wine pro. Quote, you have to have a natural inherent ability to smell and taste well, to be a sommelier, Pickle says. In hindsight, I was probably the pickiest child on the planet. I think I was born with an acute sense of smell and up falling into this line of work, which you can train yourself. I, I, Yeah, that's true. You can probably be picky and all that, but I honestly believe you can train yourself to pick up those too. You don't have to be born into it to be a sommelier. You can actually train your nose and your knowledge into this stuff and understanding that. Alright, I saw that, I wanted to share that with you, just things, again, it's just some basic wine stuff that you really should, uh, you know, not beat yourself up over it and just, you know, enjoy it. Okay, a few quick things here, some things that are a little bit older, but things I wanted to share with you and tell you about, let's see, I will find them, of. Uh, Back in August, the middle of August, there were some deadly wildfires going on in southeast France. Uh, It was affecting, well, let me tell you a little bit. Uh, More than 1,200 firefighters and a dozen aircraft uh, was trying to contain blazes that claimed two lives over 7,000 hectares of land. Uh, close to vineyards, and so it did create some smoke taint in the areas and uh, it also burned some vineyards, some uh, grapevines so uh, this was uh, this was in France back in August uh update uh, says this in Still in shock after the forest fire ripped through the area, but the fire is out, and they are recovering two lives lost, but those were firefighters. There was no lives lost around the vineyards or in any of the homes, and everything has came back to normal by now. Uh, 27 smoke inhalation injuries, too, so it was... Pretty nasty thing, but this was in France. What part of France? I didn't. Oh, South France. Uh, So that happened back uh, middle of August, the middle uh, toward the end of August, uh, which I never had an opportunity to pass that on. I should have done that right away, but I did not. I'm sorry. Uh, Is that all I wanted from this page? I think so. Now, okay, let's go on to the next page. Uh, Like I said, I've got a lot of these I have stacked up on myself here that I want to tell you about. Cornell University has developed robots that can identify grape diseases, which is really cool. These robots go through the vineyard, and they can identify if your grape has a disease or if it's something that uh, is just uh, something that's benign. They don't have to worry about all that, and these robots can let you know. And it's uh, hooked into computers. It feeds it back, feeds you how to treat it and all sorts of stuff. So it's really uh, a cool thing. Aluminum packaging, gaining attention in wine country. Uh, they're looking at use, using aluminum. Like I just told you about the aluminum bottles coming out of the southern, uh, or the southern part of Canada. It's happening also. They're looking at it in California. It's is not in use yet, but it is starting to attract attention for a lot of people. So we may see more of aluminum being used. Two new AVAs in, well, Southern California, the Los Angeles area. Uh, let me click this out of here because it's covering up my screen. Um, one AVA is, one, well, I just had it here and it disappeared. Uh, Let's see. Oh, the Palos Verdes Peninsula American Viticulture Area. Palos Verdes Peninsula with an ocean breeze is southwest of Los Angeles. It's a peninsula just southwest of Los Angeles. Weather for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So that is one of the new AVAs. And the other is... Is it? Uh, well, this just talks about Palo Verde's. It doesn't talk about the other one. Uh, hmm, I don't know. But Palo Verde's ABA is one in that area. And they said there's another one. But uh, no, California's newest ABA, single one. Uh, Pal- that's it so a new AVA not two of them, my bad no wonder I couldn't find a second one because there wasn't a second one so it's uh, Peninsula uh, right close to Los Angeles and they've got a new AVA there okay, let me get out of this and look at the next one here and Uh, Okay. Uh. The world's first organic treatment for Pierce disease. We haven't talked about Pierce disease in a while, but they have an organic treatment for Pierce disease, which is interesting because Pierce disease usually takes sprays and all sorts of stuff. But this one's organic. It is a shot and I mentioned this once before Texas A&M researchers that I wow this was what a year or two ago I first mentioned that I'd heard that Texas A&M was coming out with a shot basically a shot to put in the grapevine to treat Pierce disease well it is viable group of Texas A&M researchers had developed a bacteriophage treatment of interest and impact to the grape-growing community as the world's first organic treatment for Pierce disease in grapevines. That's what it says, which is a cool thing because now they can just give this grapevine a shot and it will uh, stop. Pierce disease, phages, uh, P-H-A-G-E-S, the enemy of dangerous pathogens, are nature's biggest weapon in the fight against harmful bacteria. And uh, they're unseen, they're silent, and generally taken for granted. But the group at Texas A&M have developed a bacteriophage treatment that will... uh, prevent Pierce disease and stop Pierce disease. So what a cool thing uh, it really is. Uh, the bacterium involved is uh, Pierce disease is uh, by the insect, the glassy wing sharpshooter. And I've talked about that and it gets into the grapevine and kills it with this uh therapy uh, that uh, it, A precision treatment of uh, the infection that uses viruses that only infect and kill the bacterium itself. Yay! So good stuff. Yes, you have to go around and inoculate each plant, but it's much better than bulldozing them out of there and replanting yourself a crop that is full and you got yourself good grapevines, and it gets pierced as easy. This way you can get rid of it without having to plow them under. So, good thing, good deal. This this is something I tried to find out about this when I first mentioned it, like, you know, two years ago. And I couldn't find anything more on it. But I'm glad it's there now. Spotted fly. This is the one that's all over the country now was spotted in New York City. Wow. And it doesn't just get grapevines. Like I've said before, the spotted lanternfly gets a lot of different plants and it can be very serious. Uh, They're saying if you see it, kill it. Don't be kind to it. Don't be, uh, you know, it's not a pet, it's a pest and kill it. So spotted lanternfly, found in New York City and the States saying kill it whenever you see it anywhere because New York City is not that far away from Long Island or just right down the river from uh, the uh, Hudson Valley. So all that area is big, 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 big grapevine areas and you don't want that to uh, spotted or fly to get into those areas. Okay, like I say, these are just Fast news things that I've been wanting to tell you. Uh, Okay, organic good for the planet and for sales. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And the reason I I brushed that off is because... Well, let me find this article. Uh, I know it's 8 o'clock, but still, let me find this article and tell you about this okay this isn't that long i'll i'll read this to you and i'll end in the show after this article but this is from T- tablas creek it's tablas creek blog and you can subscribe to it if you want to it's really interesting they do some very interesting articles and they talk about tablas creek and all that tablas creek is located in roles, I think, but they have vineyards around in uh, Sonoma and Napa, uh, if I remember correctly. but this article is written by uh, the Wine maker. yeah, I don't see his name right now, but let me read this to you this this is a good example of organic, the organic program. The article states, New on the Tavis Creek blog, Fruit Snacks, Organic Wine, and the Dilemma of, quote, Made With, end quote. Now, I'm just going to read this through to you. I'm not going to editorialize or make comments, which I probably will anyway, because I can't help myself. It says... The Welch's Fruit Snacks box is a great example of why I find the U.S. National Organic Program, or NOP, wine standard problematic. Seems like a leap? Bear with me. There's a picture of the fruit gummy bears. It says, these fruit gummies say, made with real fruit. And they are. But also a lot of other stuff, like corn syrup artificial flavors, and red, 40. The phrasing made with is pretty clear in this case. This product contains real fruit. It's, in this case, the first ingredient, though it doesn't need to be. And I don't know if you're aware of it. Most people are, but just as an aside, see, I told you I couldn't help myself. When you look at the ingredient label, the first thing on the ingredient that's supposed to be the most of anything. So if something says made with 100% fruit, and you see the first label, and the first label says uh, pears made to taste like strawberries, then, you know, the first ingredient is what it is. But let me get back. But the clear implication is that there are other ingredients. And there are 17 in all in these fruit snacks. So why, if you look on a shelf in the organic section of your local wine shop or supermarket, do most of the wines there say made with organic grapes on the label? After all, based on American labeling laws, the implication is that there's other stuff in there maybe even things that aren't grapes. But it's one of the only options for wines as directed or as dictated by the NOP standard. Again, that's National Organic. To a longstanding and in my opinion overblown, and this is again the writer's comment, fear of sulfites. Sulfur has been used for centuries in winemaking because adding it in small amounts slows the process of oxidation and inhibits the action of vinegar-causing bacteria. But, as I wrote earlier this year, how this got added to and then maintained in the organic regulations is a quirk of history and marketing from an unusual coalition of anti-alcohol interest, natural wine purists, and sulfite-free wineries. All parties with a vested interest in making organic wine hard to achieve. Most other countries set a limit for sulfites for organic wines around 100 parts per million. That seems reasonable to me but not the NOP. If you add any sulfites at all, you can't call your wine organic. You can't use the NOP organic seal. Instead, there is a specific line in the NOP standards that says, any use of added sulfites makes the wine only eligible for the made with labeling category, may not use the USDA organic seal, Okay, there you go. There's a line there for that. And, and again, let's address this sulfites in amount. 100 parts per million. I never took mine above 70 parts per million. Most wineries keep theirs down below 100 anyway. It's very rare that you go up that high. Some of them punched up higher if there's going to be in the bottle for a while, but most wineries don't have a whole lot of sulfites. Okay, he continues. There is a specific meaning to the made-with claim in the NOP organic regulations. It's for products that are at least 70% but less than 95% organic. Think pasta sauce, made with organic tomatoes, but including non-organic onions, spices, etc., by contrast, the organic standards require that 95% or more of the finished product be from organic sources. Those products can use the organic seal. A wine from an organic vineyard with 100 million of sulfites is 99.99% organic, but it's not eligible for the organic seal. This may seem an historic worry, but the fact that American organic wine is forced to be sulfite-free makes many of them short-lived and unstable. And that's what sulfites is used for, to stabilize wine and let extend shelf life. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to give you a headache. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to do all this other stuff that sulfites is blamed for. It just extends shelf life. That's it. Consumers that organic farming makes unreliable wine and reduces incentives for wine use to farm organically. It's probably not a coincidence that the percentage of wine grapes in California has lagged that in France, Spain, and Italy. It also makes American organic wine less competitive with international organic wines. That's at least three clear negative outcomes. Supporters of the NOP standards and wineries who have built a market with sulfite-free wines say that wineries should embrace the made-with-organic-grapes phrasing. But one look at that fruit snacks box should make it clear why that option comes with its own baggage. All right, now, he has a footnote here that says, Why is organic overblown? Or not organic-wise, sulfites. Okay, sulfites overblown. He says sulfites is an overblown worry. He states, and I quote, many people attribute to sulfites the red wine headache that is more likely a sensitivity to histamines found naturally in grapes. And I've said this for years. Sulfite allergies can be serious, but some sensitivity, sister- such sensitivities are very rare and usually manifests in respiratory symptoms. It is preferably for people with these sensitivities that wines that add it carry a contained sulfite warning. But given that there are many other products, including dried fruit frozen potatoes, frozen shrimp, and many condiments that contain much higher sulfite levels and don't have to carry a warning level label, I don't find that a particularly convincing argument. So, there you go. That's it. That's the article. But it boils down to the fact that when you're going out and finding organic for wine or made with organic grapes, uh, don't shy away from it because that may be exactly what you're looking for. And the only difference is that it's got sulfites added to it uh, because our, you know, your government wants to take care of us and be sure that, you know, they're we're healthy and happy. So, yeah, that's it. So uh, uh, there we go. We're we're done for the night. And have everyone have yourself a very Merry Christmas and the holiday season here. We'll see you next week before the end of the year. Talk a little bit about champagne because that's that's when most people drink it. But,
0: yeah. well. but you can drink it else other times. You don't just have to that's pop right. a bottle of when you know when uh, when it's the end of the year. It's, true. it's good all all the time. So
1: very true. <laughs> don't don't very get true. that. And, yeah, you know, so. people think it's it's a it's a celebration drink, and it is, and you can have it any time. But we'll talk about champagne and different alternatives next week. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was so- we were
0: talking about Wine Spectator magazine before the show because mm-hmm. I got my first two issues here, and I was gonna I went to the back page and they have Byzantine behemoth uh, about the fifteen hundred year old winery discovered in Israel, and then I went back on my notes and covered that on October twenty first. So uh-huh. I had all this. I was reading, well, I go, "Oh, this is this is pretty good." But I remember reading, you know, reading or hearing about this, and I said, "Let me check the show notes to see if it actually was something we talked about." And sure enough, back in October, we already you already covered that. So now, oh, hey, my plan—we're yeah.
1: we're cutting edge <laughs> like, here. We are cutting edge. Yeah,
0: yeah that, I, I just got this on the the, the end of the year uh, top one hundred uh, uh, edition. So uh, I was like, "Well, this is something new." And then I go, wait a minute, no, that that, that sounds familiar, and sure enough. <laughs> um, that's, that's funny. That's
1: cool, though. you like, hey, Ron,
0: a special segment to uh, present to you about Byzantine Behemoth, uh winery that was, you know, no, can't do it now. <laughs> no, can't do that. I was making,
1: because...
0: making <laughs> a, a done <laughs> special <laughs> music, a video, and, you know. Oh, uh, the uh,
1: whole thing, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. Oh well. All the way back to October. <laughs> yeah. Well oh, you know, well. I mean you know, all about wine. We we talked about stuff uh in you know, the, the the uh Glassy Wing Sharpshooter, we talked about that. The uh uh Lanternfly, we talked about that way back before anybody knew anything about it. Then all of a sudden there it was on the front page of the Smithsonian Smithsonian magazine was the lanternfly. mm mm-hmm. And, you know, no, I think, mean, I,
0: I, I think we've we've talked or had more about the uh, spotted uh, lanternfly and the glassy wing sharpshooter and all those uh, lo- more than we've had uh, Jim Lockwood on the show. yeah,
1: We have yeah, wow. talked about him a lot. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, people should should know um, about them. Yeah. They, they should know about them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's
0: it, good. That's good. Well, <laughs> uh, will. Um, so we'll go ahead we'll, and. Yeah, we we'll close the show out. When are we coming back next? Uh, next week. Is it after uh, New Year?
1: Oh, no, New it's the day is, before ooh, last
0: day. Close. So uh, the eve of 20, New year
1: The thirtieth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the 30th. 30th, we'll be back. Yeah. We'll tell you what some stuff that's to celebrate the foods that are coming up uh, on. Uh, I'll start my uh, This is National Whatever Day and whatever month. I'll, I'll fill you in on that stuff next week. Uh, see if I can't find any wine holidays for January. Boy, that is just really odd that there's no. No wine holidays for January. I mean, you know, wine celebration days like you know Cabernet Day or something. See if I see if there's yeah. one obscure one sitting around. I mean, there's they even celebrate grapes. I mean, for heaven's sake, grapes that are just really obscure. Like Greece celebrates their uh, uh, an obscure grape, so it's a national or uh, worldwide holiday. And you know, but nothing in January. Yeah, That's so. Uh, <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> we'll look to that uh, next week. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, like you said, already uh, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. Uh, what you celebrate, uh, be you know, have a good time with your friends and family if you're already not. And um, it's Saturday. Wow, Um it is. Take care, and we'll see you all. On, yeah, December 30th will be the next show. Thanks again. Yeah. Have a good one.
1: Thank you. Be safe have. out there, and don't forget there's still you know the virus is going around, so be safe. And we'll see yeah. you next week.
0: This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook. Or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwine.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash all about
1: Wine.
0: thank you for listening. your it responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Oh, close
1: that out.
0: Oh